Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. How y'all doing this morning? Y'all blessed and highly favored this morning? All right. Just checking in on you. See how you're doing this morning. Listen, we're going we're gonna to jump right on in to our, our, our message today. I'm going to start off by showing you guys a power tool. I want to show you a power tool. Here's an image of a power tool. Now, for all of you that have that Bob the Builder spirit on your life, this is one of the things that blesses your life, right? All the Bob the Builders in the house, y'all like, boy, when you got this, you were excited, okay? Because if any of y'all know like me, I don't have that Bob the Builder anointing, okay? I don't have it. I call on my friends that do. Because when I try to take that nail and that hammer, and I know some of us have had mishaps with that nail and that hammer, this right here makes things work out better. This is a nail gun. Nail gun makes things more productive. You can get things done uh, way faster. Um, It's a blessing when you know how to use it, right? We know this because 37,000 people end up in the ER every year that don't know how to use this. 37,000. That's the stats of people that don't know how to use this thing to end up in the ER. Can I show you another power tool? Here's another power tool that we have. And in the same way, if you know how to use it, it could be a blessing. It could make things a little bit easier in your life. Um, it, it could bless other people. But if you don't know how to use it, and if you mishandle this tool, you're going to do a lot more damage than just 37,000 people in your life. When this power tool right here, money, is misused, it could also bring down not just you. It could bring, this, is, this has been known to bring down neighborhoods. This has brought down nations. This has brought down people in many different ways. See, what I want to do today, I want to continue this conversation that we've been in for the last two weeks. We've been in a series called Let's Talk About Money. And it's been an invitation for our church to think biblically through the way that we view our relationship with this powerful tool called money. So today, we're going to be talking about money mistakes. Money mistakes. Now, last week, Pastor Ethan, he addressed money myths. And I would say that money myths address the matters of our heart. Today, I'm going to be talking about money mistakes. And I would say these address matters of our hands, how we handle money, how we we use money in our life. Now, can, can we be honest? Can we start off and let's just be honest? Can we all admit that we've made mistakes with our money? Am I the only one? All right. I got some other people raising their hands. Thank you. I'm glad that y'all are with the pastor today. All right. There's a good chance that there's been times in your life where you've had mishaps and you've mishandled God's resources. Whether it's that Kenny Rogers spirit that jumps on you. We're going to talk about some spirits today. You got to know when to roll them. Know when to fold them. Know when to walk away. Know when to run. Nobody ever knows when to do that, do they? That gambling spirit that might be on somebody in here. Well, some, some, some of us have done some stupid things for money. In the 90s, early 2000s, there was a whole show dedicated to it. It was called Fear Factor. <laughs> Why would you ever jump in a bed with a bunch of roaches and spiders? Why would you eat 
raw goat heart. I mean, it's, it's, it was the, people were doing the crazy, they could have called that show Fool Factor, okay? Why would you do that? But we, have, we, we all know people would do crazy things for money. Some of us waste it. Some of us hoard it. And some of us, we just don't care. We just like, well, whatever happens, happens. All these things are mistakes. Again, money is a powerful tool, and it does not need to be mishandled. Whether you have a little bit of money, it don't need to be mishandled. Or if you have a lot of money, it does not need to be mishandled. 1 Timothy 6.10, one of the greatest warnings in the Scripture about money, says this, For the love of money is a root to all kinds of evil. We know, and this is one of the myths that we said that we understand that we know that money and wealth is not evil, but how many of y'all know it's a very thin line? And it's not just money, it's anything. Anything that you worship is dangerous. Because when a good, even if it's a good thing, if a good thing becomes a God thing, then it becomes a bad thing. I don't care what it is. You don't, you don't need to worship money. You don't need to worship your children. You don't need to worship your intellect. Any, if you start worshiping any of those things, even if it's a good thing, it can become a very bad thing in your life. And that's what this warning is. That's why it says it, it is through this craving that some have even wandered away from the faith. And it says, and some have pierced themselves with many pangs. So we're going to address some of those pangs today, if you will. So I'm going to hit on five major money mistakes, five. And this is not an exhaustive list. I could probably list out many more, but I'm just going to hit on five today. All right? So let's jump in. Mistake number one. So if you're going to write them down, here you go. Mistake number one, debt. Debt. Now let me ask a question, a deep question. Is debt bad? And we're like, uh, uh. It depends on who you ask, right? Right? I haven't heard too many lenders <laughs> who are mad at debt, right? In fact, lenders aren't mad at debt until you don't pay them back, right? Because we got these things called interest rates. Help us, Jesus. All right? Anybody know Miss Fannie Mae or Mr. Freddie Mac? Or if you know a bank, um, you know, they're probably not going to say that debt, debt is not a bad thing. They're not going to say that. You know, here's another a, a deep question. Is debt, is all debt bad debt? You know, it's all debt, bad debt. Now, here's what we do know. Bad debt is not good. Bad debt is a no-brainer. This is what we do know. But here's the thing. The reason why y'all are here today is not for me to go off into all these opinions about all those things. What does God's word say? What does God's word say about this? It, it is not ignored. In fact, probably the first time you even heard that word debt in the scripture, Jesus taught us how to pray. Y'all know that? It's the Lord's prayer. And when we get to a certain part of that prayer, he says, forgive us our what? Our debts. So forgive us for what we owe you, Lord, as we also forgive our who? Our debtors. So the people that owe us something, let us forgive them. Lord, forgive me for what I owe you and let me forgive the people that owes me something. So we know that God is not trying to avoid this conversation. Um, it, it, it's being spoken of a lot. But let's look at what else God's word says about that here. Look at Proverbs 22, verse 7. It says, the rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is a slave to the lender. Now, here's the thing. There's not many societies where this is not true. There's not many societies where 
those that have the wealth and the riches are not the ones that are pretty much running that society. And let me be very clear right here in this. Being poor or being in need is not always a choice. Okay? It is not always a choice. Some people, yes, might be lazy and they don't do what they're supposed to do. That is definitely a mistake. If you're lazy and you don't want to work. But it is not always the choice that some people are poor or been in need. Because I've been in need before and I, I definitely wasn't lazy. I know what it's like when the account is at zero. I know what it's like when it's, when it's negative. And you don't know where, where your help is going to come from. I, is it, I'm the only one. I might be the only one. I might be the only one. But I ain't ashamed to talk about it. I know that's where I've been before. And it wasn't because I wasn't working hard. So sometimes this happens, but either way, it's still true that the borrower is the slave to the lender. But what I want you to understand is as far as you can manage the money that's been given to you and the resources that's been given to you, the thing that you need to be thinking about today is have I been wise with it? Has I been wise with it? Because here's the thing. The goal of helping people in need is to help them get to the place where they too can help people in need. Needy people need to get to the place where they can also be a blessing to others. That's why the scripture tells us to love our neighbors as ourselves. We're going to keep reading. Look, look, look. Here, here, here's another passage in the New Testament that speaks to this a little bit. Look at uh, Romans 13, verse 7 through 8. It says, pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. Revenue who, to whom revenue is owed. Respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. Owe no, owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. So here's what we get from the scripture. It's not ideal to owe. It's not ideal. However, respect, honor, love, these are the things that it is good for you to owe someone. These are things that are good. So I want you to think about this for a moment. No, that is not ideal. But I hope that in the department of respect and honor and love, that you feel like you are obligated to give that to the people that are around you. Now, here's the thing. I honestly don't think anyone desires to be in financial debt. Okay? But, here's the but. We should be mindful about the amount of debt we acquire and the weight that that creates in our lives. Because it is extremely unwise to flippantly go into debt. Before entering into a less than ideal situation of debt, maybe here's some questions we should be asking ourselves. Have I sought out godly counsel about this decision to go into debt? Is, is this really my best option before I go into debt? Here's a good one. Will the terms of my repayment prevent me from being generous and saving. Now listen, while some debt is definitely not a mistake, it's certainly, can we all agree, that it's certainly not ideal to be in debt. Amen? Let's go on to mistake number two. Get rich schemes. <laughs> Get rich schemes. Boy, oh boy. If you've been around long enough, you done dealt with this before. They always... These things always come around. It has an appearance of being pretty good, but then you realize, like, this, this is probably a mess. And, here, and here's the problem. The get, 
this always impact when, when, when your finances are low, when you don't have that much. Sometimes there's this temptation to have this urgency to get funds. And whenever there's an urgency to get funds, you need to be very careful with your heart because it can get very dangerous. See, Proverbs 28, 20 says this. It says the trustworthy person will get a rich reward, but a person who wants quick riches will get into trouble. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Remember that the love of money is the root to all kinds of evil. And people are out here doing this evil. People are out here constantly trying to configure ways to manipulate us, to, to coerce you out of your money. They're called schemes, okay? Satan is the one that started scheming. He's a schemer. That's why when we read in Ephesians 6, when we talk about how we know that, this, you know, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, it says we come against the schemes of the enemy. Satan has been scheming from the beginning. And, here, and here's what's crazy. Here, this is what's crazy. This is how rich God's word is. Because what happens, let's just say, what happens if you do get the money really quickly? Look, look Solomon in Proverbs, he, he's breaking some stuff down. Look, look, look at Proverbs 13, verse 11. It says, wealth from get-rich schemes quickly does what? Disappears. Wealth from hard work grows over time. Did you know that 70% of lottery winners are out of their money completely by five years. 70%. That's a huge percentage. That lets us know that acquiring wealth is not necessarily the answer, all right? It lets you know that, that it's a mindset that is involved even with wealth and acquisition of money and getting money. You, there's a different kind of mindset you need to have, and actually we'll hit, hit more on that next week. But make no mistake, we live in a world where we want things quickly, right? We lack patience, we lack wisdom, we lack kindness. A lot of us, we, we lack love. These are all things that are not done instantly, though. You don't get patience instantly. You don't get wisdom instantly. You, don't, you can't get microwavable kindness. You don't get instant humility like you get instant grits. That ain't how it happens. So why do you think it's going to happen that way even with, with money? In fact, James teaches us, he says, let patience have her perfect work. It's almost like patience is personified as a woman that is teaching you how to develop some patience, like your mama trying to teach you how to develop some patience. So what is patience teaching you right now? Question to ask you, what, what is patience teaching you right now, especially in the area of finances? Some of us are in a period where we're trying to figure some things out. But while you're in that period, are you allowing God to speak to you and say, here's some things I'm trying to work out of you while you're waiting. Here's some things I'm trying to work into you while you're waiting, even in the areas of your finances. Amen. All right. We're going to keep rolling. Mistake number three. Failing to budget. Failing to budget. I remember, I think I was in college the first time I heard a speaker say, hey, I'm about to use a curse word that starts with a B. And all of us were like, what? What kind of speaker is this? He said, budget. And all of us were like, oh, especially college students. Uh, we were just like, budget? What? He said, people like to avoid this, this thing like it's a plague. 
Why do we hate budget so much? I mean, y'all, y'all want me to keep it real, right? Why do we hate budget so much? Some of us hate budget. There's some people in here that love budgets, okay? I get it. But some of us hate budgets because we view budgets as slavery instead of freedom. Now, all limits are not bad limits. And if we're honest, some of us don't budget because we just don't like to plan. We're not planners. We don't like to plan. We don't like to think ahead. Look at what Proverbs 24, 27 says. It says, do your planning and prepare your fields. What's this word? Before. Do your planning. Do your planning and prepare your fields before building your house. Here's some more wisdom. Here's some more wisdom. Proverbs 27, 23 through 27. It says this. It says, know well the condition. In other words, don't ignore your financial situation. You can't ignore where you currently are. Don't ignore it, okay? You need to, in fact, it says know well. That means you should be a student of your financial situation because it says know well, all right? It says know well the condition of your flocks. Give attention to your herds for riches do not last forever. Here's, that's, that's, drop a nugget of wisdom in there. Hey, it ain't going to last forever, brother. I'm just letting you know it don't last forever. I ain't seen nobody take none of that riches with them when they leave this place even if they try to. And it says, and does a crown endure for all generations? So whatever, so right now, if, if everything is going well because who the king is, is blessing you, that, that king might not be the king no more and everything might change. All right? Verse 25, when the grass is gone. So that means I'm thinking ahead. I, I already know that the grass is going to be gone at some point. And the new growth appears and the vegetation of the mountains is gathered. Verse 26, the lambs will provide your clothing and the goats the price of a field. There will be enough. My grace is sufficient. That word sufficient means more than enough. That's what, that's what we know from the scripture of who we are. So basically, this plan that you're doing ahead is going to bless you. And it says, goat's milk for your food, for the food of your household, and maintenance for your girls. We know this saying. I'll let y'all finish it for me. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Amen? Let's go to mistake number four. Mistake number four is overspending. Overspending. Now, that's when all the savers in the house are looking at that person beside them like, uh-huh, see, I told you. He's he talking about you right now. He's talking about you. Savers going to feel real good about themselves right now. All right? Spending is not a problem. Overspending is a problem. Spending on stuff that you don't need to be spending on is a problem. You have to spend money. If you don't, how are we going to do anything? Okay? All right? But how do you know if you overspent? How do you know? What was the last mistake we just went over? Fell in the budget. That's how you know. That's how you know, Right? Either we didn't budget or we just flat out are ignoring it. And if we're honest, we generally know going into the situation, don't we? But are we wise enough to resist this temptation? Proverbs 21.20 says it like this. It says, the wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. Y'all know anybody like that? <laughs> All right, I'll tell you what, because people don't like to be honest. So I'm going to quote the words of a rapper that will remain unknown, okay? <laughs> a rapper that will remain unknown in a song he did called All Falls Down. 
okay? He said it like this. He said, I want to act ballerific like it's all terrific. I got a couple of past due bills. I won't get specific. I got a problem with spending before I get it. We are all self-conscious. I'm just the first to admit it. The words of Kanye West, 2004. <laughs> Kanye West is always at his best when he's confessing. When he's confessing and talking about how he messed up. I mean, I'm telling you, that's why we love it. Proverbs 10, verse 16 says it like this. It says, the earnings of the godly enhance their lives, but evil people squander their money on sin. If you like squandering money, if you, don't, if you like ignoring um, what you spend it on, then the Bible calls you evil. You're in a category of evil here. So here's some questions that we need to ask ourselves. Are we spending more on entertainment than our edification? Are we spending more on our entertainment than our edification? If we look at our, the investment of building wisdom, financial wisdom, for the kingdom's sake, what did the, re, the receipt say? How much time have you just spent? There's, listen, there's a lot of godly people out there that are trying to help God's people get this right. Our financial situations. You know, some of you have taken financial peace university and so you know and that's one that, that's probably the most popular but there are a lot of different resources and, and you've got God's word that is right here there's books and podcasts and bible studies even classes how much have you invested into that that that's what we need to think about Dave Ramsey actually sums it up this way one of the things he says is this and this is a pretty good quote he said we buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like let that sink in for a minute. If you don't need it and you can't afford it, who are you really impressing? Who are you really impressing? Going from flossing to foreclosure. All right? That sounds like a book. All right, somebody, you can have that title, whoever want to write that book. All right? <laughs> flossing to foreclosure. I'll never forget that commercial. I remember seeing this commercial years ago. I, I, I think it's been a while ago, but I just remember this guy. He was riding um, on a lawnmower. And he said, this is, my, this is my car. It was a nice car. He said, this is my beautiful house. He said, this is my yard. And how did I get all this? And he was driving. He said, I'm in debt up to my eyeballs. <laughs> you know, I was like, wow. I mean, that, that is the, the quintessential understanding of keeping up with the Joneses and you doing all these things to impress who? To, to impress who? To impress who? So we're going to look at our final money mistake. And I say this one for last because it just hits different. It hits completely different than all the others. I think it's probably one of the most important ones. Last mistake is this, lacking generosity. Lacking generosity. See, believers should be the most generous people on this planet. Why should, why should we be the most generous people on this planet? The reason why is because nobody should understand giving like us. God gave his best to us. God gave us his only son. God gave us something that we did not deserve. It's called grace. When you get something that you don't deserve, it's called grace. When you don't get punished for what you did, that's called mercy. 
when you get what you deserve, it's called justice. If anybody should understand those three things on this planet, grace, mercy, and justice, it should be believers. See, Jesus absorbed the debt that we had that we couldn't pay. He paid the price on our behalf. That's why the scripture says he became poor when he, he became poor so that we could become rich. See, people that experience this type of grace should be gracious, period. We've been blessed to be a blessing. Listen to how Paul breaks this down in Acts 20. Acts 20, verse 33 through 35, it says this. It says, I've coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. I'm, I'm not greedy. I'm not hoarding any of y'all stuff. Verse 34 says, you yourselves know that these hands, okay, how I use this money, how, how I use this, ministered to my necessities and to those who were with me. Verse 35, in all things I've shown you that by working hard. See, Paul, there were moments in Paul's ministry where he did not have to work because God's people provided for him and he could spend all his time ministering the word, spreading the word, helping churches being built. And then there were moments when he couldn't. Then he was over here working hard. He was building tents. He spent years sometimes just building tents, using his hands, using his trade, working hard so that he could still continue doing the ministry. And I praise God for all us pastors and different people here in ministry and all you guys that serve. Sometimes we, we serve bivocationally. Sometimes we serve co-vocationally. And sometimes I'm blessed to be able to, to do this full time for you guys. But I do understand that I still have to, to work hard and do what I got to do to continue ministering the word. And this is what he says in this, that we must, the reason why we're doing this is to help the weak. And then we remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself says this, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Amen. See, people that aren't generous don't believe that giving is better than receiving. The reason why is because they put their hope in their possessions. That's how we become greedy. That's how we begin to hoard. Some of us, we just, we just want more and more and more. And then some of us, we just try to hold everything that we have. See, let me, let me be very clear. The greatest decision that you'll ever make is a decision to follow Jesus. But are you okay if Jesus says, I need to remove these things in your life in order for you to follow me? Because you heard me say this, I say this all the time. He's not trying to get money out of our pockets. He's trying to get idols out of our hearts. That's why I want to close right here in Matthew 19. This is one of the clearest examples of this in your life. Right here in Matthew 19, verses 16 through 22. It says, and behold, a man came up to him saying, teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? What I got to do to get in heaven? And he said to him, why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said, which ones? <laughs> keep asking Jesus questions. Jesus answering them. And Jesus said, you should not murder. Okay, that, I, I have done that. Most of us here, hopefully I'm out. You have done that. You should not commit adultery. You should not steal. You should not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said, great. Woo, all these things I've kept. I haven't done any of these things. But you notice that even though he said he didn't do all these things, there's something going on in his heart because he asked another question. What do I still lack? He's not ready for the answer. 
Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, that means if you would be complete, if you want to be made whole, sell what you possess and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. In other words, be sold out for Jesus. Count the cost. Are you willing to trust everything that he says? And it says, verse 22, when the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful. Why? For he had great possessions. This good, moral, church-going young man, he turned down following Jesus because he lacked one thing. He was possessed by his possessions. His heart was tied to his stuff instead of being tied to Jesus. So let me ask you today, how do you know if you have money or if your money has you? If Jesus asked you to loosen your grip of your money or to even let it go altogether, how would you respond? What would you do? What would you say? What does it profit a man to gain this whole world, yet lose his soul? One of the discipleship questions that we always ask anybody that decides to get baptized at our church, if you ever enter, we ask these two questions. We say, do you believe that Jesus has done everything in his ability to save you? Then we ask this question, are you willing to do whatever he tells you to do and go wherever he tells you to go. When Jesus said to the, this rich young ruler, go, sell what you possess and give it to the poor. And you will still, he says, and you will have treasure in heaven. In other words, I'm not trying to take your treasure away. I'm just trying to make sure that you put your treasure in the right place. And then he says, and come, follow me. So listen, when you hear the words go, sell, what does that sound like to you today? Now, this, I hope this is ministering to somebody today. I don't know where you are, whether you've been in, the, been in Christ for a long time or if you don't know Jesus and you're here today. When you hear that word, go, sell, what, what comes to mind? Do you hear slavery or do you hear freedom? When he says, come, follow me. When Jesus says, come and follow me, what does that sound like to you? Does that sound like bondage or does that sound like salvation? I don't want you to miss this invitation today, church. Jesus is at the door of our hearts knocking. What does he have to remove from the door of your heart in order for you to come into the kingdom? This guy, his issue was his possessions, it was his wealth. But I don't know who that might be today. Somebody here today, it might be a relationship that you're in with somebody you know you shouldn't be in. For somebody here today, it might be your intellect. It might be, you, it's unanswered questions that you have about the kingdom and about the Lord, and that's preventing you from following Jesus. It's at the doorway of your heart. Jesus is always trying to remove these obstacles out of our place. Some of us, it's our past, it's things that happen. And Jesus is saying, listen, I know you don't get it. I know you might not have all the answers, but will you just, will you, will you, will you, will you, will you move that away for a moment? Let me come into your heart sell out give me your heart give me your mind give me your soul give me your wallet give me everything you can trust me with your whole self because if you want to be perfect if you want to be made whole trust me 
And I can tell you where you can put a treasure that will never fade away. The treasure here is going to fade. This place is going to fade. The good times, the bad times, all, all of it is going to fade. But with Christ, it's forever. It's eternal. Close your eyes. If you're here today and you know you're that person that needs to put your trust in Jesus today, just lift your hand. Lift your hand. If you're that person that says, I know there's some stuff at the doorway of my heart I have not decided to, 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 to release. I'm just like this rich young ruler. I, I, I'm, I'm a good person. I'm, it's not, I, I, I've done a lot of good things, but I realize that I'm, I have not put my full trust into Jesus. If that's you and you're here today, you can raise your hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. If that's you and you're saying, I, I know it today, I got to surrender to him. If that's you. Amen. God, for those of us that are here, this is a reminder. You know, for us, Lord, that we have to put all our faith and our trust into you. It's a reminder that we constantly have to submit these things to you. It's a, it's a constant reminder that there's, there, 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 is, there is sin that is crouching at the door of our heart, just like you told Cain. But you told us that we could rule over it. And we can rule over it because there's a spirit that lives in us, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. So I pray, God, over the saints that greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. There's no temptation that's been sent to man that we're not able to overcome. You always provide a way of escape. So God, I pray for us right now. And I pray, God, that you would have your way in us and through us, that we would be faithful disciples that would go wherever you tell us to go, that we would do whatever you tell us to do. God, we thank you for your salvation and your grace and your mercy. It's in Jesus' name and all God's people rejoice to say it. Amen. Amen.